All right, we're recapping the Nebraska game, but the Nebraska game brought up a question that we just can't put back in the bag. What should the Gophers do at quarterback? You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Be sure to follow the podcast wherever you get podcasts and leave a five-star review. It helps others find the podcast and help us build this community even further. And also... Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Drop your thoughts down below. Let me know what you're thinking about the quarterback position this week as we get ready to play Northwestern at Huntington Bank Stadium. Now, let's drive, dive right in. Let's talk about this Nebraska game. But I feel like you can't talk about this Nebraska game without talking about the quarterback situation. The Gophers started down 10-0 to versus Nebraska. It wasn't looking pretty. Everything just wasn't firing right. Then all of a sudden we come out at halftime. We learn, we learn that Tanner Morgan has an injury that he's being held out for the rest of the game. And Ethan Kaliak Manis steps in to come back and help lead the Gophers on a 20 to three point differential in the second half to give the Gophers a 20 to 13 victory over Nebraska. There were some good things in there that we saw from Ethan. The vertical passing game got going again. Mo got going on the ground some more because the passing game opened up. It changed a lot of aspects in this game. Now, the Gophers started off slow again, and we we have to figure that out in this next game. We have to figure out how to get going from the jump because in those final two games against Iowa and against Wisconsin, we're not going to have the time to start out slow. Otherwise, we could put ourselves out of the game too quickly. Now, Let's talk about this quarterback thing because I feel like it's a major factor in this game and what we learned overall. So what was the difference at quarterback? I wanted to look at it statistically. I wanted to get all of the bias aside because I'm excited for Ethan Kaliak Manis and I'm grateful for what Tanner Morgan has done here with the Gophers. So how do we take that apart and see what the difference was in this game? Well, let's talk about time to throw first. So Ethan took 2.94 seconds was his average time until a throw came out, whereas Tanner Morgan's was 3.17 seconds. Now that might sound minuscule, but it's actually a lot of a difference when it comes to timing to get the ball out of your hands. The ball was coming much quicker out of Ethan's hands. But then you look at adjusted completion percentage. Now, what we know of Tanner Morgan is Tanner Morgan has typically... In eight out of 10 games, giving you a very efficient, rock solid completion percentage, gets the job done, gets the ball in his receiver's hands, even though it might be for a shorter gain, it might be, you know, held on to longer because he's looking for the player to be open. Well, the adjusted completion percentage shows Tanner Morgan at 87.5%, which was close to about his 82% completion rate, is what I believe he ended up finishing at 
whereas Ethan Kalik Manis's adjusted completion percentage and what the adjusted completion percentage does is takes it, it accounts for drops and it accounts for things that maybe are beyond what the quarterback themselves could do. Now, Ethan's actual completion percentage was 50%, but his adjusted completion percentage was 70%. So it's still efficient. It's still, it's maybe not as pretty as what we've seen, but he also tends to take more shots. Now, overall, the pressure seen by these quarterbacks, this was an interesting story. I did not, I didn't think this was going to be the case, but it was. So, Ethan Kaliakmanis actually saw more pressure than Tanner Morgan did in this game. Ethan Kaliakmanis saw a pocket that was kept clean for 77% of his snaps or his dropbacks, 77% of his dropbacks, and saw pressure on 23%, whereas Tanner Morgan was kept clean for 82% in this game and saw pressure on 18%. But if you look at what happened in this game, all three sacks, and there were three of them, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit, but all three of them came against Tanner Morgan. I think that that comes from the longer time to get the ball out of his hands, the slight hesitation on maybe taking a 50-50 ball chance, and then also waiting to see things open sometimes, having the hesitancy to take a shot or put it in a tight window. Now, you take that into account, and then you talk about the yards per attempt difference between these two. Ethan Kaliakmanis had 11.4 yards per attempt, whereas Tanner Morgan saw 4.8 yards per attempt. It's quite a drop-off. It's quite a difference. And the most interesting thing that I found in this game when diving deep into these numbers was that the entire offense under Ethan Kaliakmanis might have looked different. That's because it was. In the first half... Under Tanner Morgan, the play action was used on 36% of his dropbacks. Whereas with Ethan, we saw the play action used on 69% of his drop dropbacks. That's like a completely different offensive approach when we saw between halves one and half two in the different quarterbacks. I found that extremely interesting. It's something that I'm hoping to ask Coach Fleck in the presser later today. So be sure to check out my Twitter at 4KNROB video so you can find out what the what the answer to is to that. If they approach it differently between the two quarterbacks or if it just hap, happened to be happenstance. Now, you pair that play action difference in running the offense with the two quarterbacks and you pair that with the pass depth where Tanner... Morgan saw 75% of his dropbacks or his pass attempts in the short game or behind the line of scrimmage. So short game is nine yards or nine to zero yards. And then behind the line of scrimmage is obviously behind the line of scrimmage. 75% of his passes in this game came from that distance. Whereas for Ethan Kaliak Manis, only 33% were between nine yards and behind the line of scrimmage. It's just the the looks that we got at quarterback were much different. You could see it. You could kind of feel it, but I didn't think it was this drastic is what we saw. So overall, you know, Ethan brings more of a threat with his legs. Overall, he's more willing to take a risk on the 50-50 ball. And on top of that, when you're able to keep or take more of a risk with the 50-50 ball, be more of a threat further down the field, it keeps the defense honest and allows them to not stack the box or send an extra hat for Mo. And 
then you saw the ground game open up. You saw the difference that Mo made in that second half, finding more traction and more opportunity as he went throughout this, the second half. Now, you also add the potential threat to for Ethan to actually pull the ball in the read option, which we didn't see much from Tanner Morgan. And it really changes up this offense. It spices it up. We see more play action. We see more threat to run the ball from both ends in that read option. And then you have the more risk to throw the ball further down the field in the intermediate and deep areas of the game. After looking at all of that, in the end, I'm extremely grateful for what Tanner Morgan has done here. In his time here, it has been great. He has set records, so many of them, and he has helped change and put respect back on this program's name. That's something that can't be taken away from him. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for his story. I'm grateful for what he's done, and I hope that he will always be a part of this program moving forward, whether that be eventually helping in a coaching capacity, whether that be even just coming back as an alumni that is respected and revered by Gophers fans. But that all being said, I think just like when Zach Anikstead went down and that gave Tanner Morgan the opportunity to prove to be the better option at quarterback, I think we're coming full circle and we're seeing that happen now. And Ethan should finish out the season not only this for our best chance this season for our best chance to bring home Floyd to bring home the axe once again but to help prep for an absolutely brutal season the brutal schedule in 2023 lots of big time games on there and every ounce every rep every second of extra competitive live game snaps for Ethan is going to go a long way Tanner is QB1 in our hearts, but it's time for QB2 to get a shot and help his development come along even further. I think it's the best decision for the Gophers, but I'm not the coach. And I'm going to trust whatever the coach does in the long scheme of things. As long as we get these dubs, it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter slightly, but the wins in the end are what is important to helping this season become a success. So, don't come with your pitchforks. Don't come setting the everything on fire. But I think at the same time, the cat is out of the bag. And Ethan, it's time. It's time for QB2 to become QB1 and really help spark this Gophers team to finish this year strong and start next year even stronger. Now, that's where we're at with the quarterbacks. But what else went right in this game? And even with Ethan Kaliak Manis at the helm, what went wrong in this game? And what do we need to fix heading into the next game? That is what we're going to talk about coming up next. But first, we got to talk about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs because the year is coming to a close. And what better way to start off your 2023 than making the right hire for your small business? These days, every potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager. And you want to be 100% that you have the best access to qualified candidates to make that right decision. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team even faster and for free. All you have to do is create your free job post at linkedin.com slash locked on college. You can create a free job post there. Then you add your job and a purple hiring frame around your personal profile. So that way your network can help find you even more qualified candidates that they would recommend as well. And 
you get to use screening questions and other simple tools to help it be easier to focus on the candidates that you are looking for to get them into the interviewing process even quicker. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering qualified candidates versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find quality, quality candidates to talk to even faster. Again, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, yeah, they apply. All right, Gophers fans, thank you for following the podcast and making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. We're doing this Monday through Friday. I want to know what you like about the show, what you want to keep improving and changing with the show so we can make this your desired go-to for anything Gophers sports. Now, we're getting more graphics incorporated. Every time we do the keys breakdown, we have more graphics in there. I'm going to keep brainstorming other ways to get more clean looking graphics in this show and make it more entertaining on the YouTube side. So if you haven't given YouTube a try, definitely go over there, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notifications so you know when the video is up and ready right away and jump in with the latest, latest Gophers content. Now, where we went wrong in this game. We got to get it out of the bag. We got to get it discussed here on the show. And the first thing was punting. Punting has struggled for this Gophers team. It might be one of the worst punting units in the conference. And I don't know if there's a solve to it right away. But the average punt this week was 37 yards. Then last week, you look at it, and it was 39 yards. Now, we've been able to, in the short game punt it within the 20 here and there pretty consistently maybe not the greatest on the like three two and one yard lines but typically around like the seven yard line or so which still helps but our punt game has not been precise and when it comes to being in a position where we really have to flip the field we haven't had the the punts to really flip the field you look at the averages this week and last week for the gophers again 37 and 39 yards then you look at nebraska's punter who was averaging 52 yards per punt i believe last week versus Rutgers, their punter was averaging 55 yards it's just a completely different type of game when it comes to the punting game and we got to figure something out if not for this year but definitely for next year we got to change the punting game we got to have less struggles in that department to help put the team and the defense in better positions moving forward so that's number one where we went wrong number two we gave up three sacks you can't do that I don't care who's in that quarterback I don't care what the scheme is you cannot give up three plus sacks in any game now, we gave up three plus sack or three sacks total to a team that hasn't been great at getting sacks at all this year. Now, though Minnesota has had a ton of pressure over the past few games, over the last, basically since the Big Ten season started, we've had a lot of pressure on the quarterback besides the Michigan State game. The quarterback has seen a lot of pressure, but we weren't giving up much sacks. Now, in this game, we saw three in the first half. That's too many times. No matter how you look at it, no matter who's playing quarterback, that can't happen, and it needs to be cleaned up for these final three games. The final thing I want to talk about where we went wrong, and people, I might have got a little flack for it, and I got agreement, so it seems like people are really torn on this one, but it was the fourth and one position where we shouldn't have gotten our first down taken away. It was called back, put at fourth and one, which was completely bogus in all respects. That was a first down. Mo got it on third and seven, got the first down. He was riding on top of the defender the entire time past the line. It was a blatant miscall. It was a blatant overturn. It wasn't even a miscall. It was terrible by the refs. Like, do better. 
it was a pretty good, good game overall by the officiating crew in this one, not putting themselves in terrible positions, not putting themselves in making bad calls. So I'm not going to go too hard on it, but this one was blatantly bad. But anyways, it's fourth and one. And your team, your leaders are fired up like, no, we've been crushing in the second half. We've been moving the ball. We've been absolutely doing everything we need to on the offensive side. And they look confident. They're ready for it. John Michael Schmitz was saying, we need to go for it. And Coach Fleck talked about that after the game. Mo Ibrahim, we physically saw on the broadcast and all over hearing about it, was like, no, we need to go for it. We need, we got this. One yard, we got this. And logically, P.J. Fleck, punted the ball, put the defense, put the pressure and the trust on the defense at the seven yard line and had Nebraska force Nebraska to try to drive the whole field to get a touchdown. Now, is this the smartest call? I can see why I can see why you would do that. I want to stress that I can see why you make this call and strategically for your, your chances to win the game, you go for something like that. But on the flip side, I want you to take out that, oh, but must punt, must, you can't go run, run, pass, can't like take that out of it for a second. Think about where this Gophers team has been. Think about how this Gophers team looked to start the year, the swagger they had, the confidence they had, the idea that they could do anything and know anything. Then you go to the Purdue game where Mo isn't there. We start making silly mistakes, still should win the game, still hurt ourselves so much with self-inflicted wounds and all of a sudden the swagger was gone the confidence was gone you head into your next game after a bye week to illinois and the confidence looks absolutely obliterated by illinois you you can't pass the ball more than 80 yards in that game you can't generate anything besides mo the offensive line is getting absolutely blitzed absolutely punished in that game you move on to penn state and the confidence is also gone. You see sparks from Ethan, but you don't see trust between the units. You get an interception and you flip the field. You get in and you go run, 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 and you get in third and long and you kick a field goal as opposed to taking any passing opportunities to try to get points on the board and show your offense, yeah, we can do this. Let's get the pat. No, you you instill a lack of confidence outside of Mo. And that can be felt by a team. Even in the Rutgers game, we we run the ball down their throats, but you don't see much swagger, confidence in the passing. And then you start this game the same way in Nebraska. I'm telling you, the confidence doesn't look like it's there. It looks like a completely different team at times, especially on the offensive side of ball. And then you have this opportunity where things are clicking, things are driving, things are firing up. This entire second half, you see that team that had the the exactly what we were looking for in those first four games. You see it again. You see the sparks of life. You see the spark Ethan brought back to this team and you get into a position to let that happen. Keep that fire going and let these guys know our coach trusts us to do it. The offense. I think you take that type of shot. You instill that confidence back in the team moving forward for these final three games. It's not about this Nebraska game because I think the odds to win this Nebraska game are still in your favor, regardless of what happens on that fourth and one. The odds are still in your favor, but you instill a confidence that helps you for the final three games. And the last two, you are going to need it in. That's why I think that it was where we went wrong. Now, I get it. We won the game. It was a smart decision as far as punting it and giving your defense less ground to cover. Or more, more, more ground for the other team's offense to have to cover. 
But at the same time, you are instilling confidence in your offense by saying, I know you will go out there and get this one yard. I know the confidence in the offense that you will do it. And if you don't, if you don't get it, you're also saying to your defense, I have the confidence that this ball will be about the 50 yard line and they have to score a touchdown and you will not give up 50 yards for a touchdown. You're giving confidence to both sides of the ball. You're helping instill the confidence for future games. And it's just a good opportunity to get your team that swagger back. I think a lot came from that fourth and one. Now, yes, we didn't do it and we got the win and you love the win. But I think it's at least something bigger than just, oh, it was smart decision. I think it's more than just this game. So that was that. Now let's move on to where we went right. I got to get off the soapbox, get off the tangent. Where we went right, the vertical passing game, we saw signs of life. I don't need to stress that again. We saw it, and that's why there should potentially be this quarterback change. We'll find out throughout the week if that happens. Point number two of where we went right, we saw generated pressure from the defensive line. That's right. We saw it. It had a step up. It looked decent. We ended up with four sacks, sacks from Finnessy, sacks from Lindenberg, sacks from Ba, and sacks from Rush. Four sacks. On top of that, you had 26 pressures. 26. I don't think we've passed 15 all season. And we had 26 in this game. Ja Joyner had five by himself. Get Ja Joyner on the field more. That man is helping us create those pressures and we need him on there more and more and more. We've been talking about it for the past few weeks on the show and hopefully it will keep coming to fruition because he is the one generating the most pressure on this team consistently week in and week out. Now, the final thing of where we went right in this game is we beat the stigma that Gophers cannot win when they're down multiple scores they kept saying it on the broadcast oh this team is like oh and 32 when they're down by 10 or more oh and 32 oh well it doesn't matter what they were it matters what they are and how they're moving forward and they started it off by getting a dub this week putting up 20 points to the three points in the second half getting back on track and getting a w continuing that moving forward. I don't care if they've won, lost 32 in the past. Now let's go win 32 in the future. And this was the first step for that. So that was a definite success of where we went right. So we've talked about the quarterback. We've talked about the wrongs and rights of this game, but there is one thing that I still want to see changed when it comes to this Gophers team. And I think the statistics and even what's on the film shows a change might be needed at one position. And we're going to talk about what position that is coming up next. First, we got to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is where you can find the latest trends in action when it comes to sports wagering information. And the Gophers have two games over there that you can find right away the men's basketball game and the football game against Northwestern, both with their lines over at Bet Online both where the Gophers are favored. The men's basketball team, which plays tonight, is favored over Western Michigan by almost 10 points at nine and a half that line rides, and that's without Jamison Battle. Then you look at the football team, and the Gophers are favored over Northwestern by, I believe, 19 points now. It has moved up. Let me double check that so I'm not spitting absolute lies to you. I lied. I'm sorry. It is 17 and a half. By the time we finish this week, it very well could be 19, but 17 and a half favorites on Northwestern. Gophers are favorites a lot this week, and I love it. You love to see the success 
We love to see the confidence by Vegas, and that should give you a little bit more confidence as a fan that we can finish out these games with some wins. So if you want to find out the latest trends and actions, you want more lines, more props, and more odds than ever before, check out Bet Online where the game starts. All right, let's wrap this thing up, Gophers fans, with one change I still would like to see when it comes to this this Gophers team and the struggles that we've seen for the past few weeks, and it comes on the offensive line position. Now, I feel like I've been a hater, and I don't want to be a hater, but Quinn Carroll has just been getting absolutely scorched in moments of every game. I'm not saying it happens every play. I'm not saying it happens every quarter. But it happens enough that I was like, what is the difference between him and the four other offensive linemen on this team? So I dived into the total pressures that we've seen and has been credited to each and every offensive lineman that has started for the Gophers this season. And it is quite apparent, quite apparent that the struggles lie most with Quinn Carroll. When you're talking about total pressure scene, John Michael Schmitz who is known to be one of the best linemen in the entire country has given up five total pressures throughout the entire game or in the entire season so far for a team that is six and three, nine and get nine games. He's given up five total pressures, which were four QB hurries in one sack that sack coming this week against Nebraska. Four hurries, one sack, five total pressures, John Michael Schmidt. So that's a good bar. You're like, okay, that's what an elite lineman offensive lineman gives up over the course of nine nine games. That's the standard of what you're shooting for. Well, Axel Rushmeyer on the inside, on the left guard, three total pressures, two QB hits, one hurry, no sacks. Axel Rushmeyer has been undercredited and underrated all season. He's been one of the highest rated, graded PFF players when it comes to the offensive line. And he's looked rock solid and stable for the Gophers all season. Three total pressures. You love it. That bar of five total pressures, Axel Rushmeyer surpassed that bar. Now, different responsibilities, but still not very many pressures. Then you move to the left tackle, young guy, Ariante Ursary. Eight total pressures, one sack and one hurry in the nine games. So that's still under one pressure a game. The average. Nine games and you have eight total pressures. Still under one per game. Young guy, still learning, still getting a lot of reps. You see flashes of good, but you want to see even more, and you want to see the leap to domination. Eight total pressures by Arianta Erzuri. Chuck Filiaga, who has been replaced or given less snaps in the final past two games because of struggles. Think about that. Filiaga has been given less snaps, and Nathan Bowe has been getting more snaps in both of these past two games because of things with Filiaga. Six total pressures given up. In the nine games, still under one a game, six total pressures, five hurries and one sack. That sack coming again this past week against Nebraska. Now let's talk about Quinn Carroll. I've said over and over, like one per game, like everybody's been under one per game, one per game. So you're expecting me to say something like, oh yeah, 10 pressures, a little over one per game. That's just not acceptable. No, I would take 10 pressures right now. Quinn Carroll has given up 17 pressures. He's credited for seven. Teen pressures on the quarterback. 10 hurries, three QB hits, and four sacks, including a sack in this Nebraska game. Four sacks, 10 hurries, three quarterback hits. That's too much 
too much on the quarterback. That's almost two pressures every game, averaging to a game. Now, some games it was four, some games it was three. There was one game where he didn't have a pressure on the quarterback. One game. That's too much. And we saw this was the position that had a camp battle. This was the position that we had three people vying for the starting job in Martez Lewis, J.J. Gaudet, and Quinn Carroll. But you're telling me the guy who is getting hurt the most on this offensive line when it comes to giving up pressure, who was in a three-man camp race, shouldn't be giving up any snaps. When Chuck Filiaga is seeing Nathan Bow come in for him, but... Quinn Carroll isn't going to cede any snaps to Martez Lewis or J.J. Gaudet. That doesn't make sense to me, and I want to know why. I want to know why we haven't made any looks or changes at that position to see if that three-man camp race was a true race that should maybe be switched, that maybe Martez should start, maybe J.J. Gaudet should get looks to start. But if he is consistently giving up the most pressure, why would you not give it a look? And that doesn't even include tackles for loss in the running game. That doesn't include when he's blown up and Mo only fights for two yards or a negative one yard as opposed to the normal running back that would give up minus five on a play or minus one on a play or one yard because they don't fight for it as much, but because they were absolutely decimated by that right side getting blown by on tackle for loss. It doesn't include that, which we've seen has happened on that right side of the line. So I ask why, why is Martez Lewis not getting a look? Why is JJ Gaudet not getting a look? And why can't we make that change if we're also looking at other changes on this team? Something to consider, but overall, let's finish strong. Let's get these wins to end the season. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked On Golden Gophers. Be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube and leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you tomorrow. The basketball season kicks off tonight with both men's and women's teams playing at the barn. So get out there and support. I'll see you tomorrow again. Kane Rob signing off. Row the boat. Sky Yuma. Go Gophers.